You're listening to the Crossroad Podcast with Joey Willis. Through redefining effective leadership, the Crossroad Podcast explores what it means to live a life of intention and purpose. Join us as we explore the ins and outs of effective leadership and vibrant living. everybody and welcome to season three of the Crossroad Podcast. My name is Joey Willis and you guys uh, who are faithful listeners will notice that I am without Kylie this season. We've decided to give her this season off to focus on some other projects. So the good news is we've got an exciting season for you and the bad news is you have to listen to my voice incessantly for the entirety of those episodes. I'll do my best if, if you'll bear with me. I think we've got some good things to talk about. This season is about how to build culture. Culture is one of those things that we talk about, but we have a difficult time defining. It's, it's a word that's sort of like the air we breathe. We all know it. We all kind of recognize the effects of when it's good or when it's bad, but it's difficult for us to really put our hands on exactly what makes it good or bad, exactly what makes it to begin with. So what is culture? Um, Why does it affect our lives? How does it add or decrease meaning from our existence? So we've got a lot of those sorts of questions to unpack as we march along. Our first couple of seasons, we talked about first how to steward your own character and how to lead from the inside out. So how to lead, starting with leading yourself and then being cognizant and intentional about the way that you influence the people around you. And that was season one. And season two, we focused really on what it looks like to make consistent daily choices, how to have uh, an increased level of boldness in our decision making. So if we think about stewarding our internal resources as a way to develop character in our lives, then in a way, I could say that the first two episodes were about character development. How can you recognize who you really are, and how to really be that person consistently, how to sift through the noise and the influences of the people around you and take in the good that aligns with your true character and dispel the bad and, and release it and, and recognize that it's there but, but not let it pull you into a, a gravity that is not yours to bear. And so if, if that's what character is, if character is living according to your values and all the things that we've talked about in the first couple of seasons, what we want to present in this season is the idea that culture is the character of an organization. So we need to start in this episode with defining what is an organization and asking ourselves, why do we gather in groups? Why do organizations matter? And how can we begin to think about more effectively stewarding our part in those organizations? So the first place I want to start is to say just a little bit more about the main thesis of the crossroad, which is that a meaningful life happens at the intersection between your personal stewardship and your ability to influence others. And so for the the purposes of this season, for the purposes of the idea of building a culture. Another way of saying that is that in order to live a truly meaningful life, a life full of purpose, we've got to figure out how to live with ourselves. 
We've got to figure out how to look in the mirror and be okay with what we see. We've got to figure out how to be a consistent person in all of the different arenas in our lives. We have to figure out what our personal values are, how to commit to those, how to persevere through the difficulties, and how to achieve the things that really matter to us. The other beam of the crossroad is we have to do that not only at an individual level, but at a communal level. Because we are made to exist in these communities. We see it all around us. People gather all the time, and there's a reason that people gather. We gather because we find meaning in groups. We find that when we attach ourselves to another human being under a united purpose, what results is more than just the sum of the parts. There's something greater. And all of us have this innate desire to participate in something greater than than our individual selves. And so we end up gathering in, in these different groups for that reason. We all want to participate in a meaningful life alongside other people. So what does that mean? What that means is that you can lock yourself in your room and make the best decisions possible, but you're still going to lack something significant for a meaningful life. What you're going to lack is the interaction with other people. Look, there's a, uh, there's a reason why solitary confinement is one of the greatest punishments we can think to offer humanity. We go a little bit stir-crazy by ourselves. You know, we call it cabin fever and all sorts of different things. But the reality is we need other people. And so throughout the history of humanity, we gather not just in these randomized groups, but we gather in groups on purpose. Maybe better said, we gather in groups for a purpose. So our definition of an organization, and let, let me stop for a second. When, when people hear an organization, they often think like an institution. So they might think about a business or they might think about, uh, I mean, most of the time we think about a business, really a, a big company. When we think about an organization, we might also think about like a church or a government or something like that. And, and those certainly fall under the purview of what we're going to talk about significantly, but that's just scratching the surface of what an organization is. So back to our definition. Our definition of an organization is any group of humans that are gathered under a unified purpose. So what does that mean? That means that a family is an organization because it is brought together under the unified purpose of practically participating in life together. Uh, If you want to be less clunky about it, maybe say that a family is gathered for togetherness and for unity so that when something happens, you don't have to experience it by yourself so that you can experience that bit of synergy that greater than the sum of its parts that I was talking about before which is the reason that the Bible uses the family in so many of its illustrations, because there's such power in kind of that real base of human organizations. And a company is an organization in the sense that it is a group of people who are gathered to provide a service for the greater world, you know, usually in exchange for money or for, you know, for profit. So what is challenging for a lot of businesses is what is the purpose that they're united for. Uh, For most businesses, the purpose that they're united for is money-making. 
And everything that they do, everything that they sell, every uh, amount of energy that they spend is, is really with that unified end in mind. How do we get more money to come into this place? Uh, therefore, go into the pockets of each of the people that are participants in this organization so that they can use it for, for other means. Uh, let's do one more example of an organization. One of my favorite examples is a softball team that Kylie and I played on a couple summers ago. It's just a group of co-workers is what it was for us who were united together for a single purpose. And that single purpose was hilarity. Uh, the purpose was fun. We wanted to get to know each other. We wanted to just, you know, spend some time with one another, enjoy the summer in New York where a lot of us have different hours in the office and, and to just get out of the context of work and explore together a little bit. So just start to think about how many organizations you're a part of. Your family, as I said, the, your workplace, uh, the places that you might volunteer, your church, the places where you might go for hobbies, like if you have a writer's group or you have a book club or anything like that. And honestly, even your, your group of friends is an organization. And it's interesting, I've noticed this in my life as I've been preparing for this season is the way that we talk about like a social circle or we talk about my group of friends does this or that. And what we're using is this kind of language of organization. We're using this language of, uh, of business in a certain way that uh, has a much more intentional, solid element of being organized than we sometimes think about. We sometimes think our friend group just kind of gets together and we just play and we just like are people who like laughing or whatever it is. But the reality is it's an organization. We are gathered for a purpose. And so we need to understand what an organization is in order to really understand what a culture is. Because as I said before, our hypothesis here for this season is that culture is the character of an organization. So culture then is the values that are shared within the participants, the members of the organizations. And we'll talk a lot more about what culture is in our second episode. And what, what our real aim is, is to give you some practical steps throughout the course of this season of how to actually build culture, how to bring your group together and communicate effectively what the common purpose is, to communicate what the values are, and to be intentional about making sure that you are sharing the values that you want to be sharing and that you're not accidentally sharing some value that you don't want to be sharing um, that, that often is at odds with your true value or the true value of the organization. So we're going to talk a bit more about this as we go. And as I said before, one of the things that is essential for us about organizations is it gives us a platform to exercise our character. In the pursuit of a meaningful life, it gives us a place to be the person that we're trying to be. It gives us a place to try, to fail, and to see that that's okay and to be built up. It gives us a place to succeed, to achieve, uh, and to be a part of something, again, that's bigger than ourselves. So we all seek out groups for this very reason. We want to find a place where we can exercise our character. But that's kind of only the half of it. The other half is that we are seeking these, these groups out, these organizations, because 
we want to be exposed to and influenced by the character of others. We want to see what other people are doing, and we want to see how great that is, and we want to be affected by it. And so there's this great kind of iron sharpening iron where we are growing together in our individual journeys by our participations in these groups. And then on top of that, there's kind of that third element of this greater purpose that both Kylie and I and our marriage are united under. So the, the marriage then becomes a place where it's an arena where I can exercise my character, where I can grow in my own character. And then it's also a place where I can be exposed to Kylie's character and affected by that. And I can learn and grow and be uh, invited into a world that is deeper and more nuanced than I might have known before and be challenged by certain things. And then thirdly, Kylie and I together can unite under a shared purpose. And that's where the synergy thing comes in. Kylie and I, are their statement for our marriage is unity to the glory of God. So that's the thing that we unite under. That's kind of that, that third point, the top point of the triangle, if you will. Uh, and so these are this is the reason why organizations are important. We seek these things out and people have done it for time eternal, you know, all the way down to, to tribes and things like that. Groups are things that we develop not just out of practical necessity, but out of a deep desire to live a meaningful life. And so if we want to live meaningful lives, we've got to continue to put ourselves into groups, but we've also but we also have to be intentional about how we do life in those groups. Just like on a personal basis, we have to be intentional about the character that we are developing, the character that we are exercising, the character that we are exposing to others. In a group setting, we've got to be intentional about our group character. We've got to be intentional about the culture that we are building, the culture that we are sharing, the culture that we are developing. Because just like in your personal life, it's not the awards that you achieve. It's not the practical things that happen that are the greatest indicator of success. The greater indicator of success is the character that we build along the way. The greater measure of success in an organization is its culture. It's not its finances. It's not its bottom line. Let's, let's go back to that business example I used earlier. We None of us really wants to make money as an end. Nobody thinks that's an end. We pretend that it is, uh, but, but it isn't, and we know it isn't. Why? Because no one's goal is to just collect money and stick it in a bank account and die with billions of dollars in a bank account not having spent any of it. You want it because of what you think it can get you. It is a means to an end. And so the end might be safety. You don't want to have to worry about uh, not having enough money to pay rent or, or whatever it is. Uh, the end might be comfort. You want to buy a yacht or a private island or, or whatever you, you, you desire. Um, and for, for a lot of wealthy people, I imagine, the end exposes itself as impossible to reach because we think that money is going to get us this ultimate degree of safety and comfort where we never have to worry about anything anymore. And, and, and that just isn't, isn't the case. But the point here is that money is not anybody's true end. Money is a means to an end for every person. And so businesses, I think, really get stuck and organizations really get stuck, all kinds of organizations, with uh, making 
profit, financial profit, an end because it's it's not really where they want to be. And so if they can't name where they really want to be, then they're always going to find themselves in this loop of, of insignificance. And so let's talk a minute about what what is necessary for an organization to work. And we're not even necessarily talking about uh, like effective or optimal organizations. We'll get to that in the episodes to come. What we're talking about is just what does it take for an organization to exist? What are just the elements, the DNA of an organization? The first thing that any organization needs is a purpose. As I said before, an organization is defined by a group of people gathered around a purpose. So what is the what is the purpose of your family? What is the purpose of your social group? What is the purpose of my softball team? What is the purpose of uh, any organization, your book club? What, what is the reason uh, that everybody is coming there? Because everybody's coming there for a reason. All of the participants are gathering with an assumed vision in mind. And an organization sort of is the collective assumption of purpose that the people are bringing into it. Now, having said that, a functional organization is one where all group members understand the shared purpose clearly. A dysfunctional organization is when there is disagreement about what the purpose is. And sometimes that's just kind of implicit. It's not even people don't even understand that, that everybody's going towards something different. So let me give you the example of our softball team. Uh, you know, I said before the purpose of our softball team was just for fun, for us to gather. I was the pitcher uh, for our softball team, and and I would, you know, get the ball and kind of get ready, and, and Kylie would be in the outfield, and she would yell out um, my nickname, my softball nickname, which Kylie came up with and was the only person who used so I would get ready, kind of go through my little steps and my windup and peer into the catcher, and I hear out from left field where Kylie was playing, let's go, sexy Joey. Uh, it really threw off one of our competitors in one of the games. Um, quite a nickname. But but the, the point, the purpose for me and for Kylie certainly was fun. Um, however, as you might imagine in some of these kinds of leagues, there were a couple of members of our team who thought that the purpose of our organization was to win the championship. And so when we came into a couple of games where things were tight or a couple of players just really weren't playing very well, we had some weak spots, we hit these road bumps of dysfunction because the players on our team who thought the purpose was to win wanted to sit those players down or wanted to uh, jump in front of them to prevent any ground ball or fly ball from, from getting anywhere near these struggling players. They wanted effectively to eliminate these participants from our organization because they were hindrances towards the goal, towards the purpose in their mind. On the other hand, there were some of us that were like, just let them, let them try. Let them keep going. They are members of our team and they have a right to be there just as much as everybody else. And uh, and, and honestly, you know, it's not fun when you feel the tension of judgment and pressure from your fellow participants. But then again, some people would say it's not very fun when you lose. Um, but I would say that collectively, the shared purpose of our softball team 
was to have fun. And winning certainly helps, just like making money might help get us to that true shared purpose of a business. Winning helps. The more we play, we had a, I think a, a quarterfinal or semifinal game where one of our one of our guys hit a like walk off home run. Uh, it was like tied or no, yeah, it was tied and and he just like smacked one, ran all the way around the bases before they could get it back around. It was just you know jubilant, so much fun, such a great memory for all of us. But what's key in order for the organization to function properly is to recognize that winning is a means to the end, and fun is the true end. And if we get those reversed, then we're uh, having, then we're going to have issues. We're going to be dysfunctional. So the first element that any organization has is a shared purpose, is an understanding of this is the reason why we are gathered. And if there's not clarity about that, then your organization is in trouble from the very start. The second thing that we have in an organization is a structure to achieve the purpose. So if our purpose is to have fun on our softball team, then what we're going to do is we're going to have some practices. We're going to give each other some nicknames. We're going to put players on the field and have a rotating system where where everybody gets to play a little bit. And and we're going to try to develop some practices where people cheer each other on when when they're up to bat. Uh, And all of those things help to feed the purpose for which we are gathered. So structure includes everything from uh, the systems that we put in place, the roles that we develop uh, on our softball team that might be the positions people are playing, the processes that we use. All of that falls under the umbrella of structure. And we build structure, we develop structure to align with our purpose. We try to put structures in place that lead us, that funnel us towards the purpose that we're trying to achieve. So that's the second element. The third element is the people, the individuals, to execute the structures effectively. You know, you're going to hire people to work at your company in order to fulfill the structures that you've put in place in order to achieve the purpose. So those three elements, purpose, structure, people, are the three things that are necessary for organizations to work. And these three elements are, think of it as like the blueprint for a building. It's how we make and maintain an organization. And this works for families. It works for friends, churches, work, politics, you name it. Any kind of organization operates under the same design. It operates under the same blueprint because basically it's the same thing. It's an organization. It requires purpose, structures, and people. So when we talk about building culture... We've got to start with recognizing these three elements of an organization. We've got to start with our purpose. We've got to be intentional about our structures. And we've got to find the right people to work within those structures. Building culture requires an eye for all three of those things. And as we move forward, we will start to talk about and we'll start to unpack why that is the case and how to do it more effectively. As I mentioned before at the very beginning of this episode, culture is one of those things that we talk about a lot, but we have a difficult time defining exactly what it is. And if we have a difficult time naming it, we're certainly going to have a difficult time building it. So in our next episode, we're going to spend our time talking about 
exactly what culture is and exactly how it relates to the blueprint of an organization. And as we move through the season again, we're gonna continue to talk about how to build that culture effectively. Thank you for listening to the Crossroad Podcast. The world is out there waiting for you to become the best leader you can possibly be. We hope our conversations have helped. For more, please visit our website, thecrossroad.net.